listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Sex and relationship advice you can use tonight. Welcome to another episode of the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. This is, yeah, Jess O'Reilly, can't get rid of me, your friendly neighborhood sexologist. And I am here to share insights and research you can use today to improve your relationship in and out of the bedroom. And this episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com. Shop for sex toys, lingerie, and more, and save, get this, 50% off almost any item and free shipping on your whole order with my totally egotistical code, Jess, J-E-S-S, 50% off at adamandeve.com. Now, today's topic is one for the digital age. Today, we're going to be talking about a number of topics, but primarily focusing on haters, dealing with trolls and online haters. And I am joined by certainly an expert in this field, an expert rooted in experience, social media influencer and social media maven extraordinaire, Jackie Childs. Jackie, how are you? Hi, great, Jess. How are you? I'm wonderful. <laughs> now, Thanks I don't know if you me. remember where we met. Do you remember where we met initially? Um, actually, I do remember we met at Hito. Um, <laughs> you were there doing a group and you were actually sitting in the dining hall on your computer. And I came over and I saw that you were working on something to do with um, uh, that Holly and Mike, Holly and Mike. And I said I had a little crush on him. And you sent oh. them a message and the rest is history. <laughs> I, I don't remember the crush on Michael, but that's brilliant. You know, I was the loser wearing clothes working on my laptop, right? <laughs> yes, you were all fully dressed on your laptop. <laughs> but eventually I stripped down. So yeah, I was wondering if you would remember that we met at this clothing optional store. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we met. <laughs> This was long before you launched your brand, and now you have launched into another atmosphere, really, with millions of followers. You are an online brand and influencer. How did you get into this field? Well, um, age was, you know, it's working against me for the modeling thing. I was having a hard time fighting it. I had grown the millions of followers through the modeling pictures and working with Naked News and traveling with sexy different vacations and different parties that were, you know, people wanted to follow and see what was up. So the following grew. Um, I, I say I aged out, which I, whatever I took, a, I'm sort of on hiatus from all that. And there was still a demand. People were still messaging and emailing and asking if I could come to an event or a party or if I was interested in doing a photo shoot. And I thought, well, how am I going to do this? So I started researching the influencers. I signed up for some, did a few courses, some online classes and uh, read a lot about influencing and it just took off. I was already an incorporated brand, Jackie Child. My husband is now a published photographer and the two of us together, we do this influencing thing and we're gone a month, a week, a month, probably somewhere in the world doing this. Right. And you just came back from someplace hot and sunny. Oh, we just came back from Puerto Vallarta with uh, luxury, um, luxury lifestyle travel. Is that yeah, luxury, luxury lifestyle? Wow, lifestyle, I think LLV. LLV, boy, oh boy, was that over the top! 
It was insane. <laughs> and- like it was insane. Like I'm still my I've been home three days. My voice is still gone. I, I think I'm depressed. I don't know. I want to be there so bad. It's a drop, <laughs> isn't it? When you come back from a high adrenaline trip. And I know all about that. Like, you know, coming oh. home wanting to put your face in the pillow because you were so yeah. high on adrenaline and then the rush is gone. Right. It it was it was fabulous. It was great. It was a really good time and the pictures were fabulous. And the plus the contacts I made when I was there. I was there with Naked News as their influencer and I've come home with tons of work to do and tons of things people that I met there that had businesses that relate to my influencing. Yeah, it's interesting because people see mostly, if you follow Jackie, you're going to follow her now. Uh, you see pictures <laughs> of her in her bikini in various states of undress. She's looking very sexy. And I don't think people realize the uh, the branding and the business strategy that goes mm. into something like this. It's not just like, here's a picture of me in my bikini. Right, exactly. And the pictures you see of me in my bikini, I am often holding something, sitting on something, something's in the background. And that is what I'm influencing. That's my sponsor. That's someone who's paid for that shoot or that trip or that photos, whatever, whatever it may be, that's influencing is sort of, I say I do it sort of subliminally. You just think you're following around this, this um, MILF, or, you know, this middle-aged crazy cougar. <laughs> and, and you're not, you're actually, you're sort of being sold something. <laughs> <laughs> and do you talk about your age? Like, is yes, I do. Oh yeah, I, I'm 44, um, and I'm happily married. I've had some serious health issues the last two years, and I think social media and the influencing world has really actually helped a lot of it. It's really there's so now there's so many positive things that have come out of it, but there's also some major negatives. <laughs> you know those haters. Right. So you have millions of fans. I mean, you. I remember when you were with Naked News, and I, I saw. Mm-hmm. You- brand grow bigger than their brand, like a quite a, you know, considerable corporation that's been around for a very long time. And you outgrew them because you, you have more followers than many of these networks. Now with mm-hmm. these millions of fans <laughs> come yeah. a whole heap of haters. And I, I wanted to talk to you about this because as someone who's online and I have, I have a strong following, not nearly the volume that you have. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of supporters, but I have a lot of haters. I receive a lot of hate mail. I don't talk about it a lot, but I post it once in a while when I'm feeling overwhelmed or when I feel something is particularly relevant to my community. But I get a lot of, um, angry Twitter messages, a lot of people who mm-hmm. go on my website, um, you know, telling, telling me I'm going to go to hell or telling me that I'm <laughs> an influence or telling me that, uh, you know, my, my skirt was 1.3 inches too short to be reasonable. <laughs> um, and I'm constantly obsessing with, you know, making sure that like cleavage isn't showing and, and then being accused of, you know, trying to show off my body and all of these, um, I don't know. I find it really challenging. So I've, I've talked to therapists about it, of course. I struggle mm-hmm. with it personally, but I'd rather hear from somebody who's really in the trenches and manages it. Just like, what's your perspective? How do you deal with the haters? The first two years, I didn't deal with it very well. I tried to address almost every one. And what a basket case I was. No one, I wasn't fun to be around. I was, it was not good. I was letting people I have never met or probably never will met meet keep me in my home. It was really bad. And I was pouring my heart out to these people who, I mean, they were, they've moved on. They didn't even, I'm sure they didn't even see these long, long 
comments that I was putting under their posts or that these big posts I was putting up. So that was two years in. Now, um, I, if I even see it, it doesn't bother me at all. Or I read it. I often do research on the person that has, like, I mean, in depth. I, I will Google. I will follow. I'll look at everything I can find about the person. Just try and understand why they would say that. And I don't comment back to them anymore, but I know for myself why they said it, or if they're just being mean, I use it. That's my energy to keep going. I'm not, I'm currently in the middle of writing a book. Um, and that's what it's, you know, I am more than meets the eye. I, and I almost think shame on you. You've judged or you're me. And, you know, I say they have a sad heart. It, I feel sorry for them. They're missing out on something really great. They're missing out on something really cool. It could be opening their eyes to something new. I could, I've said it before. I, I'm a mother. I'm a wife. I, I'm a neighbor. I could be your best friend. So, I'm you know. the best I, friend you would be. <laughs> <laughs> not such a good neighbor, but no. <laughs> Just kidding. You got to like nudity. <laughs> no, um, no, you know, it's it was very tough. It was very tough. And now i I, I use it. It, it helps me keep going. I think I got to, I, if I don't want to get out of bed, there's so many people I need to prove wrong, you know? So I, I could be wasting, that could be still wasting energy, but I use it in, as a positive. Totally. I don't, it doesn't bother me at all. If it's the, if it's the 18 year old girl saying you're disgusting, or if it's the 60 year old mom and dad saying, you know, how dare you look what you've done. I, it, I can somehow, I can now turn it into a positive. Um, Which so is like th this is sorry, it was like <laughs> go ahead, <laughs> Jess. It's your show. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're drinking wine together at Hito. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, using it as a source of positive motivation—that's not something I have ever done or I've mm -hmm. even considered. How do you do that? Like, what is the mindset required to do this? Help me. <laughs> Well, when I, when I hear the really nasty, like just the mean, nasty comments, I initially think to myself, you know, poor girl, poor guy, whatever. Oh, I feel sorry for them. How close-minded? Or I think initially, like right away, second I read it or see it, I have to, instead of getting it too deep inside, I think that. I have to turn it around immediately that I feel sorry for them or feel bad for them. And then I think, while I'm doing something great or while I'm on to my next thing, I think, oh my goodness, I hope this goes through their feed or I hope they see this because this is exactly the opposite of what they called me or what they thought I was. I, you know, like I, I use it like a almost, it's kind of funny, but I've said it to my, I have a 19 year old son, like a superhero, like you, they can cover you in all that and you wear it as a cloak that makes you strong. Don't let it beat you down. It makes you strong. Interesting. Okay. And how did you get there? How did you get there from, you know, hiding in your house for two years? Well, how did I get there? Um, yeah. Meds. <laughs> a lot of therapy, three days a week. Um, it just didn't matter. It, start, it stopped. It started to sound funny. The more I read things out loud, the more I said them to other people, and I heard myself saying those, knowing I'm not those things, knowing that wasn't what I was trying to get across or show, it just started to sound and look ridiculous. I could get a hundred compliments and one negative, and that one negative would eat me up. What about all those people that want to see me do well? What about yeah. all the people that are excited? Yeah. You know, like I actually get a lot, and I just got one really late last night. But I get a lot of, oh, you were really inspiring, or oh, I've been watching you, or oh, and they're they're comedians, they're 
musicians, there are stay-at-home moms that started a business, and a lot, I will never cross paths with most of these people, and they're, I, I use that as motivation as well, that they can't see me drown in this hate, that's not, you know, I'm not that for them, I, I gotta, you know, it's gotta be positive. (laughs) I love that you said that you, like, read it out loud, you say it to other people, I think that we know that shame and hurt breed most intensely in secret. So when we right. keep ourselves, and that's one of the mistakes I think I make that you're helping me to understand, is I keep it to myself 99.9% of the time. I don't tell anyone. I don't even want to tell my husband, Brandon, because he'd be like, what did they say? Let me see. Well, what should I say to them? Um, <laughs> you know, he's not a hothead or anything, but you know, his inclination, of course, is to protect me. He's angry. He's hurt. He feels all the things I feel. And so I keep right. it to myself. And with keeping secrets, we know we start to feel more shame. The feelings, yep. intense, the secondary emotions attached to it. So not only does this emotion, does what you said hurt me, but now I feel ashamed for being hurt and I feel frustrated, you know, with my career. So saying it out loud must be um, somewhat redemptive. It's exactly like to hear it, to hear it over and over again, and to to look at the person that I'm telling, whether my best friend or my husband or the therapist, like when I read it out loud and see their face and we sort of bounce back off of each other. I'm like, can you believe like, first of all, let's feel sorry for this person. And what is this world coming to? And I am we're in here discussing this and I'm letting this affect my real life. Mm-hmm. Like, this is silly. Like, I know Finally, 44 years in, I know I'm not the things people say. Like, and you know, I'm. <laughs> you've had some health scares, some um, serious health mm-hmm. problems. Does that put things in perspective? Because, you know, if someone's going to call you, I mean, I can only imagine the things people call you. But if they say you're a whore, like I'm sure you get whore all right. the time. Right. Oh, yeah, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And let's not pretend because people will say, oh, if you're online, you get this kind of vitriol. No, it is highly gendered because my male colleagues in my controversial field do not receive the same heat and vitriol. That I, I agree. 100%. Like, call them a whore. You and I are automatically right. whores. You for the way you dress, me for the subject I address, um, and sometimes right. for the way I dress too. Um, <laughs> but when you when you think of the language that they're using, uh, you know, how do you sh- how do you let that go? How do you say like no? You know, I mean, I mean, I'm no. First of all, whore. If you are a whore, or you do identify as a whore, or if you are a, a sex worker, I want to support you, right? I don't want to say things like, "Hey, I've been married for." Um, 17 years, therefore you can't use this language with me. Hey, I'm a human being. You can't use this. Right. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I was going to say it's funny, but it's actually shameful and it's a lot to do what's going on in the industry, entertainment industry around us right now. But you're right. I will get whore or I'll get some nasty language and I look it up and I figure out who they are and I figure out what's going on. And that never, those people would never speak to another man that way. Ever. You know, it's like it's, they wouldn't oh. even speak to you to your face that way in most cases. That see now that I'm also learning. I've gone face to face with a few people and they've been sweet as pie. Now I'm passive aggressive. If I have a falling out <laughs> and I have trouble with someone, I just leave it. And they can fester and they can spread the rumors and do whatever. I don't want to fight with people. I know what happened or I know my my truth and what's upset me or what and I move on. So I find that a lot of people are like that, you know, they'll have all the balls in the world online and I see them in person and they're sweet as pie or they say nothing. 
Right. So you've had the opportunity. Apparently I'm, you know, the worst thing ever. So I also, I've had a lot of people say that I'm having an affair with their husband or that I'm shameful that I've been disrespectful with their husband, which is the furthest thing from the truth. I'm in the happiest place in my life in 30 years. So I mean, come on. Yeah. And I mean, we don't have time for affairs. <laughs> no, I, please. I, I don't even unpack. I barely shower. I have no time for an affair. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and, and also I know I've, I've met your husband, Drew, and you've met, you've met my husband, Brandon. When we've got this like wonderful filet mignon at home, <laughs> like it, not, I'm not talking just about the way they look. They're beautiful, wonderful, kind, loving people who are so dedicated to us. We're not going oh, after to- her. Yeah, I, you know what? I couldn't find anyone else that would put up with me, for sure. You might put up with me for an evening. I wouldn't even put money on a weekend with someone else. They'd be out the door. He's very supportive and 100% into this. The brand Jackie Childs is both of us 100%. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that, you, you know, I would put up with you for more than a night. But I was reading... <laughs> In the you know this this research out of Harvard um, from the Harvard Business Review about the fact that men are still less supportive of their female partners' careers and even top performing female executives have to give up more because their male partners just have the expectation that they will do so and I know that I see this across the globe with top top performing executives who are expected to take on more than 50% of the child rearing, of the taking care of the home, of managing their unpaid labor. And uh, it's interesting because you and I are in the same boat where your partner is highly supportive of your career and mine as well. Highly. <laughs> and yes. I, mean, I, I, I don't think I'd be here if my partner wasn't so supportive. Exactly. And this may come across cheeky and I say it a lot. It actually came out once with a, after I've had a bottle of wine, but I almost thank his ex-wife. They had an entire marriage of therapy and she didn't do a lot. <laughs> so this boy is trained. This man can do everything. He cooks, he cleans, he organizes, he looks after. He doesn't think it's his job, my job. It's the family's job. It's what happens in the home. And I always say, I'm like, if, you know, we have a completely different relationship than his last one. And it's, I'm almost thankful that the last one, you know, it was like a crash course or like, it was like he was going to boot camp because he's fabulous. <laughs> And you know, you, you really function as a team. And that's, I think, another piece to managing the haters is having your support system around you. And in your case, it, it might be Drew, your part, your husband. And in my case, it's certainly my partner. But uh, you don't have to have a partner, you just, like in terms of intimate partner. You just, you do. You need your supports around you of good people. And, and in the world, you know, you might not be surrounded by all good people, but in real life, we, we need our good people in our corner. And it doesn't need to be a lot. It can just be a few. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I have a very small social circle, and it's shrinking every year because I travel so much. I can't see as many people as I used to. Now, yep. I'll ask you one last question before I let you go. For people who maybe aren't, you know, don't have millions of followers like you, but still face, you know, criticism in their daily life and judgment um, and, you know, haters. Like, we all have some haters. I mean, it sounds like a dramatic right. What's your advice for them? Well, simply, just simple enough, you can delete it or ignore it or, you know, turn the other cheek. That's probably easier said than done. Um, Like I said before, maybe wear it as a cloak. You know, you cover yourself in it and you're just not those. Know in your heart, feel in your heart, think about I'm the opposite of what they're saying here. 
use it as motivation. I mean, again, sounds cliche or easier said than done, but you can only you can only take so much when you see these young girls and things going through stuff and they end up getting themselves in a bad situation at high school because of rumors or gossip or haters. It's such a shame because it goes away and it, it's, it's only, I mean, it's words on a piece of paper and like it, most of those people don't mean it. They don't actually think they don't give it a second thought once it's done. So, and they wouldn't say it to you in person. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that sometimes we say and write things, post things that we don't even mean. So why let it get to you? And what I'm taking, you know, from what you're saying also is that like we're moving from a place of empathy, you know, trying to understand why somebody would think or feel the way they do and knowing that like we're all human. And I mean, I, look, you and I, I'm sure we've, we've said things we shouldn't have. Oh, my goodness. Have I ever? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Very honest. When I post about things on Instagram, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you'll always be like, that's me. I struggle with this. Whereas, you know, there are some people who will always say, I never do this. I'm perfect. And you know, <laughs> your willingness to, to show vulnerability and be real, I think, is a big part of your appeal. Um, we, we have to go, but where can people find you? I know that you're everywhere. I'm going to see you in Toronto at the end of November at the Everything to Do with Sex Show. And that is- I'm so excited. It's going to be yeah. fabulous, Everything to Do with Sex Show. Oh, I love it. It's a great weekend. And now with the new new ownership and new branding, new it's they're apparently, and I, I've seen some of the things, it's going to be massive. It's going to be great. I'm very is, excited for that. Yeah, November 24th to 20. Um, in Toronto at the International Centre, the Everything to Do with Sex show. And where can people find you online? Online, I'm Jackie Childs and Childs Like Children. <laughs> and I'm everywhere, Jackie Childs, um, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, my ma- The big Facebook page is Jackie Childs Model, one word. But on Twitter, Instagram, and the, my personal page, um, Snapchat, Pinterest, I'm Jackie Child. <laughs> <laughs> Pinterest, I got to check out your Pinterest. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. And everybody follow along with Jackie. She's a funny, funny lady. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jess. Take care. Bye. You know, it's uh, great to speak with experts in the field. And of course, you know, I have a therapist who can offer me support. And I hope that, you know, many of you have access to that type of resource as well. But ultimately, you know, each of us is also an expert in our own experience. So I really appreciate Jackie's perspective, especially because I know she deals with more intense hate than many of us owing to the sheer expanse of her digital reach. Just there's power, positive and negative in in volume, in numbers. So, uh, so to summarize and to add my own perspective to the discussion on dealing with judgment or dealing with haters, however you want to frame it, you know, we have a number of strategies to choose from. Jackie suggested using it as a source of positive motivation. I b- believe she used the term cloak. And I see this as really being derived from empathy thinking about every human being, even one, even the ones who are not being really kind to you, as just human, human and flawed, like all of us. So I think, yeah, moving from the space of empathy and trying to understand that all people are hurting, all people are imperfect, and thinking about the times, you know, that we've said things that hurt other people. We might not be the type who posted online, but in the heat of the moment, we've all said really hurtful things especially to the people we love. And so to bear that in mind that, you know, we're not perfect either. Uh, 
so that's one one and I think that can help us to you know convert the negative into a positive that's one approach another is to share it and this is something that I learned from Jackie just now that you know when we keep things silent secretive and um, just to ourselves we, we breed even more shame and intensity around it so tell other people about it and it's interesting because once in a while i will post about some of the you know angry letters i get or hateful letters or very malevolent <laughs> messages i receive and what's incredible is the support that this garners from my community from people i don't even know and it's a reminder to myself that i have a lot of love and support uh, and people who are really in my corner who appreciate the work that I do. And this is, takes us to the, the next thing I wanted to share, which is focus on the positive. Read the positive messages you've received. And if you don't receive them in writing, think of the positive mes messages you receive every single day. This is something we talk about when it comes to body image, for instance. Uh, if somebody says something negative about the way you look, you ruminate upon it. You repeat it to yourself. You think about it. You focus on it. You really let it sink in. And imagine we did that with every compliment we received, not just with regard to body image, but in life. When somebody says something nice to you, write it down, soak it up. And uh, I think that, you know, as, as Jackie said, you can get 99 positive responses and one negative and we, got, we get hung up in the negative and we have to think about how ultimately it's our perspective that is shaping how we feel in response to what others say. So we have no control over what others say or do, but we do have 100% control as to how we perceive it, how we interpret it, and how we process that data. So think about processing the positive data every time you find yourself inclined to process the negative. Jackie also talked about, you know, researching to understand their perspective and how she looks at who they are, maybe looks at their profile because her imprint is digital. But I think um, that brings us back to the empathy of, you know, what would make somebody want to speak to another person this way? And I think that helps to put it in perspective. I know one thing I do is I vow to quit being a sexologist <laughs> every single week as I get frustrated with some of these messages and, you know, I really am inundated by them. I'm like, Oh, I got to do something else. I've got to do something less controversial. I've got to do something less public. And while it may be true that I might receive less negative uh, feedback and judgment, if I were to switch fields, ultimately the desire to please everyone will still be with me. And so I need to look into myself and say, how do I manage the negative? How do I manage the judgment? Because wherever you go, whatever you do, the way you manage your feelings is going to stay with you. Whether you're a sexologist in a public eye, or if I were to go back to you know teaching at a high school, I would feel and experience, I think I would have ex similar uh, emotional experiences, even if I was teaching in the high school classroom. You know, a student might you know say something that upsets me, and I will still blow it out of proportion. So I need to look at my own processing of emotions uh, as well, not just look at what others are saying or doing. So I think that's you know a lot to consider, and uh, yeah, I'm thankful to get Jackie's perspective because, and part of why I wanted to invite Jackie is that we are very opposite. Um, she really has this ability to let things go, uh, and of course, you know, the last strategy which I didn't mention, of course, is ignore it. Simply delete it. 
You know, don't ha you don't have to look at it. And when you read a positive message, for instance, you don't read it over and over and over again. And when we receive a negative one, we do. So we need to look at how our own behavior is reinforcing uh, negative emotions that we maybe don't want to spend so much time on. So yeah, ignoring is another option. However you deal with it, uh, know that you're doing all right and know that there are really a ton of people who support you out there, even if we don't always agree. That is a wrap. Uh, this episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com. Of course, shop for fun things like vibrators and dildos and anal beads and even my favorite, which I just received a new one, uh, an inflatable wedge pillow. So this one's really fun for positions because it's a firm wedge, but I like it because I don't like any clutter. It deflates and goes into my drawer. <laughs> uh, so anything you're looking for, almost anything, you can find it at adamandeve.com. Save 50% off almost any item with code Jess, J-E-S-S. -S. Thanks so much to Jackie, to adamandeve.com, and to you for tuning in. Please do send us your questions and comments, sexwithdrjess.com and sexwithdrjess on all social media. Thank you and have a wonderful day. You're listening to the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast. Improve your sex life. Improve your life.